Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. And we have a special guest today, Hal Goldstein is returning to the podcast. He is the founder of iPhone Life and author of The Meditating Entrepreneurs, Creating Success from the Stillness Within. And so if you listened to last episode, you will know that we've been doing a two-part series where we're covering the history of iPhone Life and doing a sort of how I built this style podcast about everything that the personalities and the kind of triumphs and tribulations of running this company. (laughs) So if you didn't listen to last episode, I recommend that you go back Mm -hmm. one and catch up because uh, we start with how Hal uh, moved to Fairfield, Iowa and started a tech-focused publishing company out in the middle of nowhere. And it's it's a really fun story to hear. And today we're going to be jumping into how the company changed when Steve Jobs came out with the iPhone, how a company that used to focus on other tech began focusing on Apple devices. So that's where we'll be focusing today. But first, we want to tell you about our sponsor. So our sponsor today is Fanatic, and they have Informant 5, which is a calendar app. And it's we like to call it the calendar app Apple should have made. Because mm-hmm. first of all, so much more feature-rich than Apple's calendar app, so much more easier to use. And one of the things they do that I love is they combine reminders and calendar into one thing. So when you're trying to figure out, so many people either use reminders or they use calendar because there's enough of an overlap where it can be hard to figure out what to use and when. So combining them into one app, especially because sometimes you want to have layers, right? You want to have a meeting, but then you want to have reminders to go over in that meeting. Things like that, they do so well. Uh, It's free to download. They have a paid version. Uh, It works across all of your devices, so on your Mac, on your iPad, on your iPhone, on PC. So make sure you check it out. It's called Informant 5 by Fanatic. It's in the App Store. We'll link to it, though, at iphonelife.com slash podcast. You know, they won our awards year after year in the 2000s. Really? Yes. Really? As as best... uh, Best uh, calendar app, or I forgot what category it was. Yeah, but, but they were they were great. They, they've yeah, and they're... so they've been around. They've been doing this for a long time. Absolutely, and one of the things I love about them too is exactly that that they're very passionate about this. Whenever I'm talking to him, he's always rolling out some new feature to make it easier to schedule something. I mean, little details, and he puts so much passion yes. into it. Yes. So if you have not signed up for the Daily Tips newsletter, I want to tell you about that quickly. Our, our Daily Tips newsletter is an awesome way to learn how to get the most out of your device in just one minute each day. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up. Today's daily tip is how to add a widget to your Today View and also just what is a widget because <laughs> some people aren't sure what that is. So first of all, what is a widget? <laughs> uh, If you've used Android devices, then you've known this probably for a long time. It's little bits of information that you can access from your home screen, such as the weather, your calendar, um, just useful views for you. And for a long time, the iPhone didn't have widgets. In my opinion, I'm still like, I'm still not that happy with Apple's widgets. Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to customize and add ones to my home screen how I like. But Apple does have a widget view now in the today view, which you access by swiping home from the lock screen or from the home screen of your device. And there you'll see a list of little, uh, you know, for instance, Apple's weather app. 
Um, so, sorry, swiping to the left. If you when you're on your home screen, you swipe to the left. You swipe to the right. Swipe to the okay. To, you swipe <laughs> to the right. It's located on the left. Uh, yeah. You said swipe home, which which got confusing. Okay. Okay. Hopefully that really <laughs> cleared it up. <laughs> okay, so if you're on your home screen, you swipe from left to right. There you go. And it will be located to the left of your home screen. Is yes, that what you're saying? That's what okay. I'm trying to convey. Okay. So once you're there, you can customize what widgets show up by scrolling all the way down to the bottom of your today view and you'll see a little button that says edit. You'll tap that and from there you'll see a list of all of the widgets that by default Apple put there and you can either move remove all of those or keep those and add new ones to it. Like you'll know, all of your third party apps that have widgets available will show up there. For instance, I use a third party weather app called Dark Sky so I can add that widget mm-hmm. and have it be at the top for me to view. Also, I recommend adding the battery widget because that will show you the battery levels of other Apple devices, especially if you have AirPods, it's really nice. Yeah, and it's, it's a good tip for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I always forget widgets exist, and they are useful. They're just kind of hidden, so it's a good reminder, yeah. even if you knew about it, to go do it. Second of all, they're really unintuitive setup. I always think it should be in settings, but it's not. You have to go to the widgets area and scroll down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, what Do you use widgets at all, Hal? No, and it's funny because, you know, I mean to, but I... And when you first started talking, I was actually a little bit confused with the, what do you call it, the control screen? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the, that you swipe down. because But those are really Apple widgets, really. Is, would you, well, I shouldn't use that word, the widgets, but they're, they're, they do the similar kinds of things. Yeah, right. they're, they're like almost like shortcuts, whereas widgets yeah. are like conveying information at a glance. Oh, it's yeah, how I would oh describe that's a good way. Thank, thank you. That's a good um, way. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't use them at all, huh? I, I remember doing it at one point. I set them up, but I don't use them. I haven't. It's been years since I it's, it's, since they first came out. I haven't used them. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't until we did the beginners class and mm-hmm. we went over how to set them up, and I started setting them up again. So I thanks to Donna's recommendation, have batteries there. Now I can't get my uh, my AirPods to show up under the batteries. Is there something special you do to get them to show up? Um, I think it's like having them within range is one mm. thing I've noticed. Maybe opening the lid. I'm trying to remember now, what, like, because mine aren't showing up right now either. Um, but I think it's within ha- having them within range. Gotcha. Bluetooth range. And then I do. I like Weather Underground. What what weather app do you guys use? I'm going off the rails here. <laughs> Weatherbug, I think. You use Weatherbug. Yeah. I use um. Apple's weather app and Dark Sky. Okay. I, Dark Sky is one we talk about frequently on this podcast. What's nice about it, I use Weather Underground and Dark Sky. Dark Sky uses micro locations and AI to like have what they call a better, uh, a more accurate prediction of when it's going to rain. So what I find is if I use Weather Underground, it'll say, there's a 20% chance of rain today. Or like even if you go hour by hour, it's not that great, whereas Dark Sky can be like, it's going to rain in the next 20 minutes. And it'll actually send me a push notification about that. Um, so I like, dar- I, that's what I used to is Weather Underground in Dark Sky. And then I have the and We calendar. need a weather app here. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the Midwest. Yeah, in Iowa, yeah. It, the weather changes frequently, yeah. so. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Insider before we end up, uh, before we get into the story of iPhone Life. So iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription it's a monthly subscription that is gives you f- like full educational content to how to use your device and really get the most out of your Apple devices that you already have invested so much in 
you really should get the most out of them and make sure that you're enjoying all of the amazing features that Apple has to offer. So uh, if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you can get a $5 discount off of an annual subscription. And uh, I'll tell you quickly about some of the features you'll get when you sign up. So you get a digital subscription to iPhone Life Magazine. We've been around for a long time now, so it's over 30 issues that you get you get access to. You get our video guides, which are, um, we have a full library and we're coming out with the iOS 13 guide very soon. And so when Apple comes out with its newest version of op operating system, you really wanna learn all the new features as quickly as you can so you don't get confused. We make that really easy for you. We also offer Ask an Editor, a feature where you can send in your tech questions to us and we'll help guide you to solutions. You get the premium version of this podcast without any ads, and also you get premium content just for insiders. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you can sign up and we highly recommend that you do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last episode, we left off in the story of iPhone life right around where you were about to close the doors. <laughs> no, yeah, so how can you remind us of where? Yeah, so what had happened was that um, uh, we'd been supporting with the magazines and actually apps and, and hardware um, used equipment. We'd been sorting Microsoft Pocket PCs and then as the smartphone came into existence, Microsoft-based uh, smartphones. And the problem was that in 2007, uh, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone and then in 2008, the economy collapsed. And so there was a period by the end of 2008 where, where nobody was buying um, Microsoft devices, which meant nobody was buying our magazine, nobody was buying it off our newsstand, and cash just went from, you know, up here to mm -hmm. boom. And our printing bills, we were printing up a lot of issues that we'd sent to newsstands around the world. I mean, printing bills over $100,000 each, and I had a fairly big staff, and and wow. all of a sudden, everything just dried up. It just it just went from light to dark in just mm -hmm. in just months. And so I kept laying people off, which I had never done. I had actually had a policy where I'd sort of a no layoff policy, but I just to survive, we had to lay people off. And finally, we got down to the to um, it just we couldn't make it work. And what? Wow. It, yeah. And this happened all within like how much time? Maybe oh, gradually over a six nine month period. But it had the trend had been going, and we did notice we when we did the smartphone and pocket PC magazine, we would put an iPhone on the cover every couple issues. Is it better? Is the iPhone better? Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, is this for real or something you know, like that? And whenever <laughs> we put the iPhone on the cover, the sales would spike. Huh. And so you know, we tried it three times, and three times that happened. <laughs> but but it was it was pretty grim, you know. And before that, had the company been doing really well? Like before the iPhone came out, it was doing okay. I mean, by two thousand six, that was sort of the height of the pocket PC and smartphone, and it was starting to go down a little bit. And and it was beginning of what you guys have experienced: that people stopped buying magazines. Mm -hmm. You know, with a the lot internet, of rough trends all happened at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the internet. Uh, really made, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, for people who didn't like the physicality of the magazine, um, more, op more and more obsolete. Mm -hmm. And so things were not trending well. <laughs> and so we were in the wrong platform, the wrong industry. And, <laughs> you know, we'd been around since, you know, 1985. And, and it was, and 
running your own business, especially when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and, I, and, and, you know, obviously I had an intuition and a, and a sense of where to go, but I, di I didn't have very good systems. I, we were, there was always a lot of, um, uh, I was, efficiency was never one of my strong suits. <laughs> I love in, in your book and just in general yeah. how frank you are. Yeah. Like you're not, like, yeah. you both talk about all the great things you did, but also aren't, don't shy away from yeah, yeah, yeah. areas that <laughs> I, I, you were floundering. I want to tell a funny story about Hal's efficiency. <laughs> when I started here, and we'll get into that, Nobody would know the day we went to print. <laughs> it was this giant secret because Hal would make up a day to try to get people to get ready to go to print, but he knew that he would not be able to resist making a ton of changes. Oh so there God. would be like the fake print day and then the real print day that no one knew. And it was just like everyone was guessing about how much time Hal was giving himself buffer. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like that reminds me, my mom always is doing that to my dad. <laughs> Like about like lunch plans and yeah. things like that. We'd be there at eleven thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Poor graphic artist. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, so anyway, so what was your? Do we have a question here? So you oh want yeah. Me to, so um, should I just start talking here? Yeah. No. Let's let's get back into what happened then yeah. when you realized that you didn't yeah. really have a business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I had a fellow, Rich Hall, who had been actually editing, editing our magazines for 20 years. Mm. You know, he started with me with a portable paper in the, in the late, in the late uh, 80s. And, um, and then I had this other woman, her name was Marge Enright, and she was like a customer service person. Mm -hmm. And she was so good at customer service and so friendly that people who, without an issue, used to call us. <laughs> so people would just call to talk to Marge, you know, <laughs> which would drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had the, so, and I, I said to both of them, I said, listen, I have this idea. I think there's a way, but I've got to let you go. You'd have to work as a volunteer. And I think there's a chance we could, might be able to pull this out. And if we do, I'll make it good with you. Mm -hmm. And so down to, um, we had a few other people that bought and sold used equipment. But in terms of our editorial staff, it became um, Richard, Marge, and I without any kind of income c coming in. Wow. And, so, and, you, and you had the idea to start and so, yeah, life, so Yeah, so here's the idea. The punchline is I saw that every single issue that we had the iPhone on the cover, th things just did really well. Mm -hmm. And we had this huge newsstand distribution, and we had a good customer base. Newsstand distribution, by the way, is yeah. single copy sales. So if you buy one an issue in Walmart, an issue in Hudson Airports, that's newsstand distribution. Right, and we and it was all over the world. Yeah. I mean, we were you know we did well in Singapore and Japan and, and mm -hmm. Australia and so on. And so we had this that we used to do well anyway. And so my idea was, well, why don't we just become smartphone mag? It was called smartphone and pocket PC. And so why don't we just call we call it smartphone magazines, iPhone Life, and. Um, so, and <laughs> that's another story that didn't make the book about how we got the name iPhone Life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was naive because Microsoft had, had recommended that we use the name Pocket BC as part of the, our title. Mm -hmm. And right. HP let us use HP Palmtop as part of our title. And so I figured Apple would like that same thing, would be publicizing. I really didn't know anything about Apple and mm -hmm. Apple's culture or anything else. And so I kept trying to communicate with Apple. Um, I was able to get that URL, and 
and they just nobody would respond to mm -hmm. my email. And later I found out it was a real no-no to have iPhone in your name. They didn't like it and they didn't like websites. They still don't like it. No, no, no. But it turned out that they had, uh, 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 what was it, Cisco I think it was? Yeah. Cisco had actually coined the name iPhone. And uh, they had sort of a behind-the-scenes legal battle going on about the use of the name. And finally they made a settlement that nobody really understood, but uh, that didn't make public. But the point is that we were able to... Uh, use the name iPhone Life without... Because account. Apple didn't own it. <laughs> yeah, and we, I was naive. Yeah. I mean, they could have just, you know, jumped in and... But they never said anything, never threatened us. They just sort of ignored us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which to this day... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that was actually... Well, I'll get into that. But that was something quite different than... Because we had such a good relationship with Hewlett Packard and Microsoft. Um, but anyway, so what happened was I had this idea, let's do an issue on the iPhone. We can, we can just send it to our newsstand distribution, <laughs> use the same barcode, um, we send it to all our subscribers. Yeah, all these subscribers <laughs> have been subscribing for their Microsoft phone. Yeah. One day woke up to get a magazine about iPhones. Right, right, <laughs> right. And then we'd make it real how to, how to cancel your subscription. We'd make it real obvious and so mm -hmm. on. And so, and so um, we're rich. We knew nothing about the iPhone. So we had three months to do it, and we pulled off this first issue of Richard. Basically, it was Richard and I, and we had a few volunteer writers. Um, and we pulled off the first issue of iPhone Life, and we sent it out. And so did you right away, like, switch to the iPhone yourself and start, like, did you, oh, yeah. so, did well, you embrace the iPhone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I may have integrity, but I'm not dumb. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was no longer lo so loyal to Microsoft products or HP products. Yeah. No, I was, a, I was an iPhone. All of a sudden, I became an <laughs> iPhone fanatic overnight. Yes. <laughs> but I actually did. I, w I, I was very skeptical about the iPhone, but I really did have learned to love it. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but so anyways, we sent this issue out, and we had been selling, when, even when things were going well, we were selling maybe 20, 21, 22, 23, 24% of our magazines on the newsstand. Mm -hmm. That meant all the rest got thrown away. It's just horrible the way they do that. But anyways, yeah. you know, all this paper and stuff. But anyway, so that's, what, that's the way it works. And so we got a 42% response rate in our first yeah. issue of yeah. iPhone Life on the newsstand sales. Mm -hmm. And um, only the same, we got the same um, renewal rate and the same amount of people that would cancel their subscriptions than we were doing before. And so all of a sudden we had this magazine from, from nothing. Yeah. And that's how iPhone Life actually got started. Wow. So were you able then to like hire people back and... Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and we decided to go four issues a year instead of six, and we we um, we we you know we slowly built the company up, and actually and that that sort of brings to the next. So for a couple of years, after working very very hard for so many years, it was actually fairly easy work. You know, <laughs> you know, we just had this every three months. We'd produce a magazine, and and we had a small staff and and some enthusiasts and so on. But then, you know, I'm ready to retire. I've been doing this, doing this, doing this for so many years. And I, let's go all in. The iPhone is really doing well. Why not increase the number of issues per year, hire some people that actually know what they're doing? Because even after all those years, I was never had any kind of traditional publishing background. Um, you know, get a real ad sales professional in. Um, so I had all these. So I sort of went all in and, and really upped the ante. And then I hired 
people like David and who was not someone who knew what he was doing. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So he had just graduated and from um, from our, from our university here, Marshi University of Management, and then along with another fellow named Alex Sakea, and then Raphael Burns, who had been part of this community. He was this really wonderful geeky mm -hmm. uh, computer guy that was had a marketing sense and and Alex was a writer and this is wonderful young people uh, were you mid twenties then, or how old? I was twenty five. Yeah, and it's funny because I was thinking about this story when you told the story from last episode about how you just kind of showed up at the university. Yeah. I walked in. Never, I never had a job for more than six months. I don't yeah. know if my resume said that, but it was <laughs> it was true. And I had graduated three four years ago and basically worked six months, quit a job, went traveling. Worked six months, quit a job, went traveling. I had just come back from Nepal. <laughs> and the funny part, though, was the job I applied for was sales manager. I'd never done sales in my life. With me? Yeah, with you. Oh, 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 I'd yeah. never done sales in my life. <laughs> and I walk in being like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll just manage your sales team. It'll be great. <laughs> and Hal, of course, saw right through it. And he's like, no, you, that's not a job for you. But he, you hired me to be the web editor, which was crazy, too, because I'm, Donna can attribute I'm a terrible editor. <laughs> um, but somehow no I comment. got it. No, basically yeah. what I hired, because I, I, it was a combination. I could just see how smart he was and how with it and how much he loved the iPhone and as it happened I knew his parents <laughs> I went it's to school with his mother yeah, who was brilliant <laughs> and his father who's also brilliant um, and and uh, I, I figured how could I lose and you know I wasn't paying them yeah, very much yeah you didn't much. pay was, me very much that <laughs> helped yeah and, uh, and then I had and it's the same thing with Alex and Raphael just these wonderful wonderful just really good people you could just tell they're good people and they they're really smart and really excited about the, the this industry and 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 working for me and so i figured it was like a it was just sort of just hired like for the minor leagues, you know, you hire these really high prospects and put them in the minors. And you know. my, my first day here, the iPhone had just come out, or it was, I think it was the iPhone 4 had just come out. And yeah. Hal had this really complicated thing he needed to do where everybody was switching iPhones because he bought a new iPhone for himself. So he gave his old <laughs> iPhone to somebody who then their old iPhone went to someone else. And he handed me this spreadsheet and the title of the spreadsheet was AT&T Hell. And, <laughs> I, and I had to, like my first day, and he's basically like, here's everybody's phone that they have, everybody's phone that they're supposed to have. Call AT&T and convince them to switch. And I literally spent eight hours on the phone with them, convincing them to switch. I walk in. I'm like, how I did it? And he goes, no, you, you did it all wrong. <laughs> so then I had to spend like the next like six hours till eight in, at night doing this. I was so close to not coming back in the next day. <laughs> <laughs> See these things come out uh, yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first you're hearing of this how? Yeah, yes, <laughs> that I almost quit the first day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was really close. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's funny. You guys both had similar... Uh, from your book is realizing you both had similar travel phases too. Yes, like yeah. you know, with all of your travel you said you backpacked around for a year yeah right? yeah yeah when i and graduated college i hitchhiked all through europe and, and north africa and i actually hitchhiked from from casablanca uh through algiers algeria and into tunisia and then took oh a boat gosh. to palermo yeah. oh wow yeah yeah sounds amazing one yeah. one really quick story is uh yeah. when the iphone came out i was in thailand uh, and I remember, uh, like, I, I go, 
I was like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Like, we need more ways to check our email. <laughs> okay, so um, after you hired yeah. David and Raf and Alex, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, at what point did you think about selling the company or handing well, it over? I, I want, like I was saying, I wanted to go all in, and I got hired all these other people that were really, it's pretty expensive, actually, more expensive than I'd ever paid anybody. And then all not, of us... Not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, things started going wrong. You know, it turned out we couldn't sell uh, advertising for these extra issues. Um, it, it just didn't go as fast as we thought we would. All of a sudden, these companies um, from England <clears throat> had these big, huge, on the newsstand, uh, Uber-sized magazines about the iPhone for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And they and so all our, our place, and we got buried. And we used to be the only magazine in the, on the newsstand about the iPhone. And all of a sudden, we had all this competition. And, um, and then our newsstand payments, something got screw, screwed up, and we got, they got way behind paying us. And all of a sudden, I was in trouble again. Mm -hmm. And I was, I'll tell you, <laughs> doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. I, and the thing that's nice about the structure now, and I'll get into it now, they have partners and they work yeah. so well together. But I was doing it alone, really. Mm -hmm. And I was just exhausted. And I didn't want, I knew I could make it work and I could lay people off and make, it, make the business work again, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. But I was so attached to it. It was so much part of who I was, this business and known in town and and it was just, yeah. and I, th I mean, that's what I've been thinking about for since 1985, yeah. how to make the business yeah. work. And I had a very good friend, um, Stephen Wynn, who's also in a book, and he he's in, talks about uh, his ups and downs. Um, but anyways, uh, oh, we do, I don't know if we even talked about the book yet, but we, no, yeah, yeah. yeah we will. Um, but anyway, so so uh, he, he, I let him coach me, and basically. I got to the point where I could just completely let go of the business, even though it was still worth something. Um, I just, I just, it was time to just let go. We had enough savings to retire and live a good life, and it was just time to let go. And so, um, and nobody really knew this was all going on. I, I sort of kept this to myself because, um, you know, it's, it's really tricky when you've got a business and if all of a sudden things aren't going well, you want to be open. And I was always very open with my mm -hmm. employees. But at the same time, you don't want to scare people. And yeah. so it's a very yeah. tricky business when you're, mm -hmm. and you, if you're it's just me. And it was just my wife and I talking about it. Yeah, it's good you had her because I can imagine yes. if it's just you. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, again, really gosh, stressful. Rita, Rita made all the difference in the world, mm -hmm. uh, my wife. Mm -hmm. um, so I call, um, I sort of, I just, I don't even know, I wasn't even thinking the whole thing through, but I call Raphael and David and Alex into my office. Well, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I hear it from two different yeah. points of view. <laughs> I had a chiropractor appointment. And Hal had always sort of been like, you know, maybe someday I'll retire and I'll give the business, you know, you can yeah. run the business. And I, I just thought he was full of it. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was this 25-year-old kid. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, sure. And <laughs> so I have a chiropractor appointment. I go to my chiropractor appointment. Everything's normal. I come back. Raphael, who's now my business partner, walks in the office and he goes, goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, Hal just laid everyone in the company off. He wants to meet with you. So I go in thinking I'm about to get laid off. Oh, no. Instead, Hal's sort of like, you know, I have these pieces. We might be able to make it work. Uh, and that was sort of the beginning. And through those negotiations, you know, Raphael came 
<laughs> came yeah, so back basically, into the I, you know, I, I said to Ralph, I said, well, I said to the I, these three guys uh -huh. who, who I just saw is just really, you know, really could could really take take over the business. I guess I didn't. I don't know how well I thought it through, but I certainly saw their potential. And so I said, maybe you guys want to take over the website. And Ralph mm -hmm. said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and I said, well, Alex, you know, maybe you, I mean you're an editor. You know, maybe if we didn't have these huge print bills and we just did a digital version of the magazine, mm -hmm. maybe we can make it work. And uh, so David, who's like this uber spreadsheet guy, he's like <laughs> he just loves spreadsheets and he's really good at it. Mm -hmm. And he starts playing with it, and and then it turns out that. You know, we could make the whole. If they took low salaries and they laid, you know, pared down the company, mm -hmm. they could be profitable in a short period of time again. Mm -hmm. And so um, we started talking and negotiating and what it would look like if they took over. Yeah. And and it was one of the most. It was the most remarkable negotiation I've ever been in. Uh, there was just a high level of trust and respect, mutual respect, and uh, we negotiated a, an arrangement. Where basically I would stay a minority partner, and um, uh, each of them became partners, and we had a new business. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember there's this funny moment where one of the people who had worked there for years, you know, I had this spreadsheet, and I was sort of like, I don't know, I'm just putting numbers down. And I, I so I, I showed Hal, and I showed a few people, and I showed him, and I was like, What do you think? Like, do we have a business here? And I remember him being like, You know, it'll be a fun hobby. Like, it, I think you'll probably be able to pay your phone bill each month. <laughs> and, you know, there has been some months where that's been about it. But, like, obviously, you know, this was eight years ago, and we've been able to turn it into a business. Well, what's really – what's what they inherited – were they inherited some good things and bad things. <laughs> so they inherited a, actually a magazine that could be profitable at the mm -hmm. time. Because they actually, I, I loaned them some money to keep the business going for a while, and they were able to pay back the loan in 18 months and be profitable. Mm -hmm. um, they ha we had a big database of, uh, I mean, we had a big newsstand distribution. and uh, But the problem was that every year, uh, starting I think it was in 2004 or something like that, the number of people that bought magazines would go down like 10%. So yeah. I don't know if you know what the numbers were, no, but it's you, something you like that. You hit the nail on the head. It's, it's a 10% decrease each year. Yeah, and so people had just stopped buying magazines. And so they had to somehow transform this company into a company that could make money in ways other than um, the physical magazine, which is where all the, where the revenue was coming mm -hmm. in. Yeah, and we, it, we took over at an interesting time where there was two converging trends. One was the iPhone was yes. blowing up. The iPad had just come out. So we had this huge growing list of potential customers. We had this loyal fan base that Hal had built up over the years. The other trend uh, was that the fundamentals of the business were eroding underneath us. And so we were protected from that for about a year to two years where we saw some really great growth because... And they thought how easy and great Yeah, we got a smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah, they, just kind of, they know what they were doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of the old guys. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, in the end, the business dynamics caught up to us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so what they've done, and it's very interesting because we have sort of almost complementary entrepreneurial skills um, I, I don't know how much you agree with this, my assessment. David's heard this before. I, he always winces a little, yeah, bit, a little but, bit. But 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 I was sort of more of a classic entrepreneur in the sense of, of you know, I had this great idea and I would just go for it. You know, sort of like sh uh, like the 
story we showed up, what I, we talked about last issue where I just showed up in this professor's office and said, I'm here. You right, know? right, yeah. So that's the way I sort of ran things. You know, mm -hmm. I just had this new idea. Let's just do it. And where Raphael and David and, and now um, Donna and Noah, who, who took over Alex, they're, they're much more data-driven, much more um, just, I don't know, so careful as intelligent maybe would be a good way of looking at it. But, <laughs> but you know, in terms of step-by-step, step, let's move forward, let's go this way, and let's see if it works, and, and let's test it. And so it was, it's, and, and they're much more orderly, the way this business runs, and even the, the camaraderie. I mean, I was always, I, it was always important that people really enjoyed working for me and got along, but these guys actually make it happen. And it's just such a fun group of people that work here. They really enjoy each other, and, um, they, and they've been able to take step by step, even in some very, very difficult times. And now we're really starting to do well again and and uh, i appreciate yeah. you, this audience this podcast and <laughs> the insider program and and the three million page views a, a month that people visit our our, our website yeah. closing on yeah three and a half so three yeah to kind half, of yeah. fill in from taking over to today basically what happened was we knew we had to make money and we knew we couldn't make money from the way we were doing it and so we had we had to figure out a way to get money from the website and so what we did was with the magazine, we could focus on kind of a lifestyle brand. And the magazine, largely to this day, is still, we cover a wide range of things that can sometimes just be a little bit tangentially related to the iPhone, but a pretty wide range. Mm -hmm. But we wanted on the website, whereas on magazines, there's like two magazines, three magazines. On the website, there's thousands of iPhone websites. We wanted to really carve out a niche. So we decided that our niche would be kind of heralding back to the original origins of the magazine, how-to content. And we said, okay, we're going to be really, really good at how-to content. And to this day, you guys, you know, those of you who are in our audience know that that's largely what we do. So we started writing. We hired – that was when we hired you, right? Yeah. So you hired me as a part-time web editor. And that was – Donna was the first web editor since I had taken that position because, <laughs> again, we were just focusing on the magazine. We hired Donna as a web editor. She started creating content. Uh and then we started writing, you know, how-to content, and we started doing a daily tip. And that was actually, I think, Sarah, who mm -hmm. Donna had... Yeah, about like six months after I started working here, I, I moved on to writing special um, interest publications mm -hmm. for the, about the iPhone. And uh, we hired Sarah, and or you guys hired Sarah, and Sarah started the Daily Tip newsletter. Yeah. And let's take a tangent here. <laughs> How'd you end up here, Donna? So I ended up here, I went to, I grew up in Fairfield, like David did, and I'd gone to school for journalism and had always wanted to work for a magazine. Like that mm -hmm. was a goal of mine. I had ended up at the Daily Newspaper after finishing school and had been there for six months and that had fun doing that. But um, I saw, I think just on Facebook or something, an ad, uh, you guys posting saying you were looking for somebody. Um, and so I decided to apply and it was a combination of the fact that it was a magazine. I also, I had an iPhone and, you know, like Apple products. So I was excited about that. And the company culture here was really cool. And so you guys I knew was each really other happy. Or not. Yeah, David is a year older than me. And mm -hmm. so yeah. growing up, like I knew him, but we hadn't like right. spent a lot of time together. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Raf, Raf uh, is my age and we like played when we were kids and oh, stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's this yeah. really great photo that I discovered from this is we're really off on the tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of Donna, me, and uh, our art director, Jamie, all taking swim lessons and we're like seven years old. <laughs> and it's just like crazy that now we've all grown up and run this business together. Yeah. It's funny for me hearing this story just because well, like when I came here, it all seemed so established. Like you've been here a really <laughs> long time, but really like you'd basically just taken over the company, you know, uh-huh. maybe a, two years yeah. beforehand yeah. or something. And uh, I remember in the interview, people asking me who would win in a fight, a pirate or a ninja. And yeah, I was like, who classic. are these people? What that's is our classic company? interview question. And I was like, they were saying <laughs> if I answered wrong, I wouldn't be hired. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> There's a okay. We started asking this question as like a fun question to see how people respond, and then we discovered that actually everyone in the company agreed. That um, was a ninja. Oh, you gave it away! Oh, sorry. I, was gonna, I, I was gonna make them email. Oh we, no, that'd be a good question of the week. We all yeah, we all agreed who would win, and so then from then on, if somebody answered the question wrong, we we had our doubts about the person. <laughs> Even though I gave it away, we could still ask people. Which who they okay, think should win and okay. why? Who would win in a fight between a pirate and ninja? Send us an email. <laughs> Podcast at iphonelife.com. Because we have hired people who have said pirate. By yeah, the way, so we have. We there have. are no wrong answers. There are. There are. Just but prejudice. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then you came on board. Yeah. So I came on board, and you know, I had a similar experience in, that you did in some <laughs> ways, I guess. Where even though I did have a background in writing and journalism. You guys were pretty much like, oh, you, you're going to create a magazine <laughs> like, six months into the job. And I was like, okay. So I wrote, um, what was it? Was it for it the was iPhone? Android. It was Android Life, Android right? Life, but before that oh, was one right. that was specifically for... Oh, so it was an extra issue. It was an iPhone. Yeah. It was a, like bonus one is how to use your iPhone mm-hmm. yeah. bonus issue. And so I wrote that like front to back. Yeah. And that was, you know... A really good learning experience for me but I was also like at the time surprised <laughs> that you handed that project to me so quickly well and we played it cool we were just like you know it's fine <laughs> we have these deadlines we've broken down how many pages you need to write a day but in our heads we're like she has to write an entire magazine <laughs> by herself this like, is, is so gonna... hard can she do it and Donna did it with flying colors. Uh, and so that was really how, from Donna, ended up going from being a part-time web editor th- through this experience. Around that same time, our editor-in-chief left the company. Uh, mm. And that was Donna more than proved herself with this project yeah. uh, in all the projects. And so that's how Donna ended up becoming the editor-in-chief. Yeah, because when you hired me, too, you were like, well, the mag- the website doesn't make any money. And so it's an experiment to hire you. <laughs> like at part-time. So I had no idea. Yeah. what the future would look like but um none of us it's did. all worked out yeah. yeah so let's get back to how we made money with this website yeah now one thing i just real quick one thing one diff, real difference mm-hmm. if you looked at our magazine when i was publishing it compared to with what it is now so for me i always my idea was put as much information as you can cram in as possible the more you tell the more you sell yeah. that was yeah. how's motto yeah that's right <laughs> and 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 even it didn't even have to be you know i mean we we cared about editorial standards but it wasn't and when these guys took over, they had this idea of it being a magazine, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we came from a newsletter origin, you know? right? Yeah. And, and so they have, you know, it's just much more visually pleasing with Jamie laying out the magazine and and much more higher standards both on our websites and editorially in terms of the quality of the writing and so on. Mm-hmm. And that 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 was another really nice change that took place. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's evolved. (laughs) (laughs) So we started doing the tip of the day newsletter, which again, we still had no idea how we were going to make money from it, but like people loved these daily tips. So we just put them into a newsletter and we sent them to you all. Uh, and right away, we just got this huge response. Like, people just really gravitated towards it. Yeah. So we had that going for us. Um, and, you know, throughout that process, we started focusing on what's called search engine optimization, which is getting people who Google us to show – who Google iPhone-related topics for us to show up. And I think probably a lot of you guys came from Google. Um, so the idea was people would come in. And they'd read an article and they'd see, oh, we offer this free thing. It's a newsletter. They'd give us their email address. We'd send them that. But we still had no way of making money from them uh, other than selling them a print magazine, which was, you know, becoming less and less profitable. Yeah. And that's where Insider came in. Insider was sort of our solution to this. It was a premium product, like we always say on this podcast. Um, And it was taking all the best parts of Tip of the Day, which is how-to content and really taking it to 11, having video tips instead of just written tips, having in-depth guides and all that stuff was sort of not only the a solution to our customers seem to really want how-to content, but also a solution to how do we survive in this digital age. And the funny part is now, looking back, everybody sort of does this with paywalls, like New York Times, Wall Street Journal. But at the time, it was this, no, we just made it up. It was this crazy new idea we had. Uh, And then I guess everybody else in the industry (laughs) came up with similar ideas around the same time. Yeah, I know. I feel like it was, uh, I I mean, well, digital subscriptions were definitely something people were doing. But it's become way more ubiquitous They were digital magazine subscriptions, which for a while everyone thought was going to be the savior (laughs) of the industry. But in practice... I mean, while a lot of people do subscribe, it's nowhere near what the magazine industry used to be in its heyday. Yeah. And like around the same time, we started the podcast Mm -hmm. and we really started creating a lot more video content for the Insider subscription. So we really shifted a lot of what we were doing here because now it's it's still the same mission of helping people get the most out of their devices, but we want to allow people to learn in the way that's best for them. And I think in today's publishing landscape like that's what's important like some people like listening to podcasts and some people like reading print magazines still Mm -hmm. some people like video content or just read you know and so it's important to reach people how they want to be reached and I think by doing that that's allowed us to adapt Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's our story yeah (laughs) so can I plug the book yes (laughs) okay good good so this is brought to you this podcast is brought to you by not really you did not pay for this spot (laughs) creating success from the stillness within and so what had happened was um, we talked about this and I won't go into too much in the last podcast but basically a bunch of folks moved to the small uh, town in, in the middle of Iowa 10,000 people to participate in a program uh, based on the Transcendental Meditation Program where we would meditate and, and, and it together in large groups and to have an uh, influence of peace in the world. And to move here, we had to, um, we had to stay here, we had to survive. And so we didn't, you know, I wasn't a farmer and, and, so, and so we ended up uh, starting our own businesses. And so I started a magazine company. Your father started an internet mm-hmm. uh, internet uh, service provider. Um, your father was a physician mm-hmm. in town. Um, we, we had, uh, uh, there was uh, 
uh, a fellow who was a Navy SEAL who moved to this town and started a solar energy company. There was an organic dairy farmer, an, uh, a, a, a fellow who, who um, uh, loved stained glass and now puts stained glass in through all throughout the country. Uh, another guy who takes photos at, a, at, a, at a, the finish line to, to memorialize. Um, so any, to memorialize great events. So anyway, so I ended up uh, having a class that I would teach at Maharishi University of Management where I would have entrepreneurs come in every day and speak, and including these guys have come in every year to speak to my class. And I videotaped them. And they would tell their story about this improbable thing, just like me starting this company, how we started from nothing in the middle of nowhere before the internet and created these incredible businesses. And um, so 15, I talk, 15 of these stories are in this book. And um, it's really about how that you can build a business, make money, and not give up your values, continue to grow spiritually all at the same time. It's, they're, they're not opposed to each other. And um, so we made the book and it's available on audio and video, I mean audio and ebook and you know good old physical print. Right. And um, um, I hope you, I hope you in the story of this company is in there in quite a bit of detail. So we will, uh, it's Meditating Entrepreneurs on Amazon, but we'll link to it too on the, in our show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. I think the question of the week, I'd like to flip it I, and say, what's your questions this week? We, I mean, first of all, we'd love to hear from you. This is a very different type of format. Yeah. Do you, did you guys, you know, enjoy it? Uh, any thoughts you have about our business in general? Uh, and just questions. And we can hopefully answer some of your questions in the next episode as well. Although the next episode will be largely back to iPhone content. So podcast at iPhoneLife.com. Thank you so much, Hal, for joining us. Well, thank you for it's having me. It's been really fun sharing fun. the story from start to finish. <laughs> and uh, we will see all of you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>